We're under the microscope this evening and uh, we're joined by the Human Sciences Research Council, which uh, together with the market uh, uh, research entity Ipsos has uh, looked into anti-immigrant sentiment uh, in South Africa. They've done this uh, using a survey which was conducted with a view of understanding how refugees, asylum seekers and cross-border migrants are viewed in the country. I'm joined now on the line to talk about this by Dr. Stephen Gordon uh, from the HSRC's Developmental, Capable and Ethical State. Uh, a research division. Dr. Gordon, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on and talking about this very important issue. Yeah. Dr. Gordon, I mean, I, I'm quite interested, I guess, in uh, just briefly, uh, if you could comment just on the methodology behind this and uh, more importantly, some of the research motivations of looking at this. Uh, many people might say, uh, I guess, uh, this is a wide array of issues in South Africa. Certainly this one, no less important an issue. But uh, uh, what what were some of your motivations in uh, trying to get a better sense and a grasp of uh, this growing anti-immigrant sentiment, if I can use that formulation, and uh, even that, I guess, uh, isn't empirically grounded in any way. But uh, talk to us about that methodology and, of course, some of the motivations behind this research. So what we did is we looked at attitudes towards cross-border migrants and refugees in those four provinces where most foreign-born people live which is Gauteng, mm. Limpopo, Gazoo, Natal, and the Western Cape. And we were motivated by a need to understand anti-immigrant and anti-refugee sentiments. As you know, these types of sentiments have led to discrimination against foreign-born persons and even violence, undermining social cohesion in our country, undermining our standing in the African continent, and perhaps leading to a less tolerant, less compassionate society, a more dysfunctional society. We must remember that immigration, specifically skilled entrepreneurial immigration, is good for our national economy. We want people to come to our country to open businesses, to contribute to the wealth and development of our nation. So understanding this type of anti-immigrant sentiment and looking for ways to push back against such sentiments, creating a more peaceful and compassionate society was our main mm. motivation. It's, it seems, Dr. Gordon, and I guess we were having this debate last week as well, where you know some of our listeners pushed back against one of the views I had about, I guess, the history of migration in South Africa, you know, the two gates policy, uh, uh, sort of one the front gate and the other seen as the back door. Uh, and, it, and it often seems to me that, you know, this anti-immigrant sentiment that we making reference to is very specific from a class perspective and even, I guess, from a racial and, and, and at times, you know, a gender perspective as well. It's largely an anti-immigrant sentiment that is sort of preserved for some of those who come through the traditional or historic back gate of the migration process coming from the continent and, uh, you know, elsewhere, other parts of the third world and so on. What is your view on that? And I guess how did that, uh, if at all, inform how you undertook the survey? You touch on something very, very important, which is the issue of prejudice and the long history of racial division in our country. When we look at the issue of anti-immigrant sentiment in our society, we find that it strongly correlates to other forms of prejudice in our society, strongly correlating towards various types of racial intolerance and prejudice of other minority groups within our culture and nation. It's very important to push back against some of the myths that seem so prevalent around 
the immigrant sentiment. Often we describe this as purely a problem of the poor and downtrodden. But we must remember that many wealthy, educated people also hold such sentiments, perhaps not expressed as violently, but right there in the survey data. Often what we find is many people are under the false assumption that there is a link between immigration and many of the social problems that we have. As I said before, this stereotype is without empirical foundation and indeed is most prevalent amongst those people who don't know immigrants or refugees. Indeed, people who know cross-border migrants, foreign-born persons, tend to be less prejudiced. So this suggests that often these prejudices arise out of a sense of ignorance of the current situation. Now, we should not paint, and I'm glad that you talked about the nuances of this issue, too broad a brush when we talk about xenophobia. What we did in conducting this study was we were able to segment the population into four distinct groups. A liberal cohort, those who were compassionate, understanding, and charitable towards foreign-born persons. This constituted about a fifth of the population surveyed. And then there was a judgmental group, those who were the most intolerant, the most prejudicial towards cross-border migrants and refugees. This constituted also about a fifth of the population. Between these two groups was about half the country who could be divided into one of two camps. Either those people who had reasonably hospitable views of immigrants, but were quite concerned about the impact of immigration, called this the careful group, and then those people who were ambivalent, who were somewhat detached from the issue. It is this middle group we hope that through targeted communication campaigns, we can persuade to adopt a more liberal, more compassionate, more charitable approach. So we should not think of South Africa in these binary terms, xenophobic, non-xenophobic. There's a great deal of nuance here. And, and I guess, you know, just, just on that point of nuance, I mean, one would also, you know, ask questions around sort of what continues to feed and reproduce this kind of sentiment, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, all of this doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Uh, there's certain kinds of sort of push-pull dynamics that influence and continue to sort of stoke uh, much of the sentiment that we find. I'm quite interested in, in one of your recommendations here, which uh, alongside saying religious institutions need to play a bigger role and uh, communication campaigns uh, like the one you just made reference to need to also be undertaken. But you're suggesting that there's a big responsibility for many of ourselves in the world uh, of broadcasting and in the media. Yes, so obviously when we look to form an opinion about any issue, be it immigration or poverty or unemployment, we use the information that we have to hand. We look at what data exists, and then we form our opinion based on that data. So we were very interested to understand where people got their information about immigration from. We asked you, what is the most trusted source of information on immigration? And overwhelmingly, people said the broadcast media particularly television and, of course, radio. Now, while it seems that people use social media to spread you know, hate speech and negative stereotypes about cross-border migrants and refugees, it is the broadcast media that they trust most 
on this issue. And indeed, this shows us that it is through the medium of the broadcast media that we can push back against some of these commonly held stereotypes in many towns and villages in South Africa. And, and I guess, I mean, one would also ask, you know, in a context like the one that we have where you have very sort of depressed labor market demand and uh, this overriding sense that immigrants are more likely to get work. And of course, the data sort of bears that out, uh, but uh, with the small caveat that the work that immigrants would have uh, tends to be a lot more precarious and a lot more vulnerable than maybe uh, a sort of uh, the South African counterparts. Uh, one gets a sense. I mean, if you, if you listen to some of the policy documents that have come out of the province of Gauteng and even some of the murmurs from the Department of Employment and Labor, that uh, there's a strong move to really regularize or regulate or institute quotas uh, on the proportion of uh, migrant workers that would work in the labor market in response to this impression that, uh, I guess, you know, uh, migrants are taking our jobs or that uh, they have a much higher likelihood uh, to be gainfully employed than maybe their South African counterparts. What, what do you make of that as the HSRC? And uh, it certainly does, I guess, uh, also indicate that some of the communication and advocacy work might also have to be steered towards, you know, some of the uh, uh, government agencies as well. When we're faced with difficult economic times, as we are at the moment, battling the COVID-19 pandemic and economic fallout of that pandemic, it's very easy to scapegoat minority groups, to point to a group that people already don't like and say, if only this group wasn't here, everything would be okay. It's a very easy thing to do, and it has a long history in South Africa in which people have used this type of scapegoating to formulate policy. It is also very, very dangerous. Now, if we look at the empirical evidence on this subject, you know, there was a World Bank study done just two years ago, and they looked at over about a nine-year period between 1996 and 2011, what was the impact of immigration on our national economy. And they found that a one percentage increase in the number of immigrants during the period increased local employment by 0.2%. In other words, one immigrant worker generated about two jobs for locals. When people come here, skilled people, people starting businesses, they contribute to the economy, they pay taxes, they tend to be good for our labor market. They tend to end up employing South Africans. They tend to end up creating an environment where more people can find economic opportunities. I know that's sometimes difficult to believe because, again, it's easy to sort of scapegoat immigrants for a problem like unemployment. Because if we look at the reasons for high unemployment, often these are very structural. Uh, very difficult problems to solve, and it's much easier to simply blame one group of people and scapegoat them. But to truly address problems like unemployment and poverty, reputable economists will tell you you need more fundamental structural change to rebuild the economy, creating fair, equitable opportunities for enterprise creation and the growth of the South African labor market. Mm. And, uh, you know, indeed, uh, I think you're, you're spot on there that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the uh, optimism, I guess, as people often say, the optimism of the diagnosis is often not met out, I guess, 
by some of the uh, uh, suggested paths uh, to deal with uh, some of the challenges around uh, unemployment. And uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Gordon, uh, for some of the great work that you've done here. And maybe a last question, where, where can people find uh, some of the findings of this research so that they can maybe, I guess, uh, get a detailed sense of some of the questions that you posed and, of course, uh, how you interpreted some of the findings? Absolutely. You know, we have a very informative media briefing available on our website. If you just Google mm. HSRC, Immigration, and then, of course, my name, it should pop right up. And it will take you through some of our interesting findings. Unfortunately, we didn't get to discuss everything here today. Sure. Um, one of the things that is really talked about in our media brief is the need for proper integration programs, which allow for the migrants and refugees to integrate into communities, to contribute to communities, to both be more accepted by community members, and w as well as to allow greater job creation and enterprise development in those communities. Dr. Stephen Gordon, we'll have to leave it there, and a real pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thank you very much for addressing this important issue.